You're listening to He That Is Righteous Is Favored of God, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. It is the 1990 Independence Edition of the Book of Mormon, followed by commentary. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the podcaster and don't necessarily reflect the beliefs of the Church of Christ. Chapter 3 Now behold, it came to pass that I, Jacob, having ministered much unto my people in word, and I cannot write but little of my words because of the difficulty of engraving our words upon plates, and we know that the things which we write upon plates must remain. But whatsoever things we write upon anything, save it be upon plates, must perish and vanish away. But we can write a few words upon plates, which will give our children, and also our beloved brethren, a small degree of knowledge concerning us, or concerning their fathers. Now in this thing we do rejoice, and we labor diligently to engraven these words upon plates, hoping that our beloved brethren and our children will receive them with thankful hearts, and look upon them that they may learn with joy and not with sorrow, neither with contempt concerning their first parents. For for this intent have we written these things, that they may know that we knew of Christ, and we had a hope of His glory many hundred years before His coming. And not only we ourselves had a hope of His glory, but also all the holy prophets which were before us. Behold, they believed in Christ, and worshipped the Father in His name, and also we worship the Father in His name. And for this intent, we keep the law of Moses, it pointing our souls to him. And for this cause, it is sanctified unto us for righteousness, even as it was accounted unto Abraham in the wilderness, to be obedient unto the commandments of God in offering up his son Isaac, which is a similitude of God and his only begotten son. Wherefore we search the prophets, and we have many revelations, and the spirit of prophecy, and having all these witnesses we obtain a hope, and our faith becometh unshaken, and so much that we truly can command in the name of Jesus, and the very trees obey us, or the mountains, or the waves of the sea. Nevertheless the Lord God showeth us our weakness, that we may know that it is by His grace and His great condescensions unto the children of men that we have power to do these things. Behold, great and marvelous are the works of the Lord. How unsearchable are the depths of the mysteries of Him, and it is impossible that man should find out all his ways. And no man knoweth of his waves, save it be revealed unto him. Wherefore, brethren, despise not the revelations of God. For behold, by the power of his word, man came upon the face of the earth, which earth was created by the power of his word. Wherefore, if God, being able to speak, and the world was, and to speak, and man was created, O then why not able to command the earth, or the workmanship of his hands upon the face of it, according to his will and pleasure? Wherefore, brethren, seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand. For behold, ye yourselves know that he counseleth in wisdom and in justice and in great mercy over all his works. Wherefore, beloved brethren, be reconciled unto him through the atonement of Christ, his only begotten Son, that ye may obtain a resurrection according to the power of the resurrection which is in Christ, and be presented as the first fruits of Christ unto God, having faith, and obtained a good hope of glory in him before he manifesteth himself in the flesh. 
And now, beloved, marvel not that I tell you these things, for why not speak of the atonement of Christ and attain to a perfect knowledge of Him as to attain to the knowledge of a resurrection and the world to come? Behold, my brethren, he that prophesieth, let him prophesy to the understanding of men, for the Spirit speaketh the truth and lieth not. Wherefore it speaketh of things as they really are, and of things as they really will be. Wherefore these things are manifested unto us plainly for the salvation of our souls. But behold, we are not witnesses alone in these things, for God also spake them unto prophets of old. But behold, the Jews were a stiff-necked people, and they despised the words of plainness, and killed the prophets, and sought for things that they could not understand. Wherefore, because of their blindness, which blindness came by looking beyond the mark, they must needs fall. For God hath taken away his plainness from them, and delivered unto them many things which they cannot understand because they desired it. And because they desired it, God hath done it, that they may stumble. And now I, Jacob, am led on by the Spirit unto prophesying, for I perceive by the workings of the Spirit which is in me, that by the stumbling of the Jews they will reject the stone upon which they might build and have safe foundation. But behold, according to the Scriptures, this stone shall become the great and the last and the only sure foundation upon which the Jews can build. And now, my beloved, how is it possible that these, after having rejected the sure foundation, can ever build upon it, that it may become the head of their corner? Behold, my beloved brethren, I will unfold this mystery unto you, if I do not by any means get shaken from my firmness in the Spirit, and stumble because of my over-anxiety for you. Behold, my brethren, do ye not remember to have read the words of the prophet Zenos? which he spake unto the house of Israel, saying, Hearken, O ye house of Israel, and hear the words of me, a prophet of the Lord. For behold, thus saith the Lord, I will liken thee, O house of Israel, like unto a tame olive tree, which a man took and nourished in his vineyard, and it grew and waxed old and began to decay. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard went forth, and he saw that his olive tree began to decay, and he saith, I will prune it, and dig about it, and nourish it, that perhaps it may shoot forth young and tender branches, and it perish not. And it came to pass that he pruned it, and digged about it, and nourished it according to his word. And it came to pass that after many days it began to put forth somewhat a little young and tender branches, but behold, the main top thereof began to perish. And it came to pass that the master of the vineyard saw it, and he saith unto his servant, It grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Wherefore go and pluck the branches from a wild olive tree, and bring them hither unto me, and we will pluck off the main branches which are beginning to wither away, and we will cast them into the fire that they may be burned. And behold, saith the Lord of the vineyard, I take away many of these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will. And it mattereth not that if it so be that the root of this tree will perish, I may preserve the fruit thereof unto myself. Wherefore I will take these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will. Take thou the branches of the wild olive tree, and graft them in in the stead thereof. And these which I have plucked off I will cast into the fire and burn them, that they may not cumber the ground of my vineyard. 
And it came to pass that the servant of the Lord of the vineyard did according to the word of the Lord of the vineyard, and grafted in the branches of the wild olive tree. And the Lord of the vineyard caused that it should be digged about, and pruned, and nourished, saying unto his servant, It grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Wherefore, that perhaps I might preserve the roots thereof, that they perish not, that I might preserve them unto myself, I have done this thing. Wherefore, go thy way, watch the tree, and nourish it according to my words. And these will I place in the nethermost part of my vineyard, whithersoever I will, it mattereth not unto thee. And I do it, that I may preserve unto myself the natural branches of the tree, and also that I may lay up fruit thereof against the season unto myself, for it grieveth me that I should lose this tree and the fruit thereof. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard went his way, and hid the natural branches of the tame olive tree in the nethermost parts of the vineyard, some in one and some in another, according to his will and pleasure. And it came to pass that a long time passed away, and the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his servant, Come, let us go down into the vineyard, that we may labor in the vineyard. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and also the servant went down into the vineyard to labor. And it came to pass that the servant saith unto his master, Behold, look here, behold the tree. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard looked and beheld the tree, in the which the wild olive branches had been grafted, and it had sprang forth and began to bear fruit. And he beheld that it was good, and the fruit thereof was like unto the natural fruit. And he saith unto the servant, Behold, the branches of the wild tree hath taken hold of the moisture of the root thereof, that the root thereof hath brought forth much strength. And because of the much strength of the root thereof, the wild branches have brought forth tame fruit. Now if we had not grafted in these branches, the tree thereof would have perished. And now, behold, I shall lay up much fruit, which the tree thereof hath brought forth, and the fruit thereof I shall lay up against the season unto mine own self. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith unto the servant, Come, let us go to the nethermost parts of the vineyard, and behold, if the natural branches of the tree have not brought forth much fruit also, that I may lay up the fruit thereof against the season unto mine own self. And it came to pass that they went forth whither the master of the vineyard had hid the natural branches of the tree, and he saith unto the servant, Behold these, and he beheld the first, that it had brought forth much fruit, and he beheld also that it was good. And he saith unto the servant, Take of the fruit thereof, and lay it up against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. For behold, saith he, This long time have I nourished it, and it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the servant saith unto his master, How comest thou hither to plant this tree, or this branch of the tree? For behold, it was the poorest spot in all the land of thy vineyard. And the Lord of the vineyard saith unto him, Counsel me not. I knew that it was a poor spot of ground. Wherefore I said unto thee, I have nourished it this long time, and thou beholdest that it hath brought forth much fruit. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his servant, Look hither. Behold, I have planted another branch of the tree also, and thou knowest that this spot of ground was poorer than the first. But behold the tree. I have nourished it this long time, and it hath brought forth much fruit. Therefore gather it, and lay it up against the season, that I may preserve it unto mine own self. 
And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith again unto his servant, Look hither, and behold another branch also which I have planted. Behold that I have nourished it also, and it hath brought forth fruit. And he saith unto the servant, Look hither, and behold the last. Behold, this have I planted in a good spot of ground, and I have nourished it this long time, and only a part of the tree hath brought forth tame fruit, and the other part of the tree hath brought forth wild fruit. Behold, I have nourished this tree like unto the others. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith unto the servant, Pluck off the branches that have not brought forth good fruit, and cast them into the fire. But behold, the servant saith unto him, Let us prune it, and dig about it, and nourish it a little longer, that perhaps it may bring forth good fruit unto thee, that thou canst lay it up against the season. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and the servant of the Lord of the vineyard did nourish all the fruit of the vineyard. And it came to pass that a long time had passed away, and the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his servant, Come, let us go down into the vineyard, that we may labor again in the vineyard. For behold, the time draweth near, and the end soon cometh, wherefore I must lay up fruit against the season unto mine own self. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard and the servant went down into the vineyard, and they came to the tree whose natural branches had been broken off, and the wild branches had been grafted in, and behold, all sorts of fruit did cumber the tree. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard did taste of the fruit, every sort according to its number. And the Lord of the vineyard saith, Behold, this long time have we nourished this tree, and I have laid up unto myself against the season much fruit. But behold, this time it hath brought forth much fruit, and there is none of it which is good. And behold, there are all kinds of bad fruit, and it profiteth me nothing, notwithstanding all our labor. And now it grieveth me that I should lose this tree. And the Lord of the vineyard saith unto the servant, What shall we do unto the tree, that I may preserve again good fruit thereof unto mine own self? And the servant saith unto his master, Behold, because thou didst graft in the branches of the wild olive tree, they have nourished the roots that they are alive, and they have not perished, wherefore thou beholdest that they are yet good. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his servant, The tree profiteth me nothing, and the roots thereof profiteth me nothing, so long as it shall bring forth evil fruit. Nevertheless, I know that the roots are good, and for mine own purpose I have preserved them. And because of their much strength, they have hitherto brought forth from the wild branches good fruit. But behold, the wild branches have grown, and have overrun the roots thereof, and because that the wild branches have overcome the roots thereof, it hath brought forth much evil fruit. And because that it hath brought forth so much evil fruit, thou beholdest that it beginneth to perish, and it will soon become ripened, that it may be cast into the fire, except we should do something for it to preserve it. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his servant, Let us go down into the nethermost parts of the vineyard, and behold, if the natural branches have also brought forth evil fruit. And it came to pass that they went down into the nethermost parts of the vineyard, and it came to pass that they beheld that the fruit of the natural branches had become corrupt also, yea, the first, and the second, and also the last, and they had all become corrupt. And the wild fruit of the last had overcome that part of the tree which brought forth good fruit, even that the branch had withered away and died. 
And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard wept, and saith unto the servant, What could I have done more for my vineyard? Behold, I knew that all the fruit of the vineyard, save it were these, had become corrupted. And now these which have once brought forth good fruit have also become corrupted. And now all the trees of my vineyard are good for nothing, save it be to be hewn down and cast into the fire. And behold this last, whose branch had withered away. I did plant in a good spot of ground, yea, even that which was choice unto me above all other parts of the land of my vineyard. And thou beheldest that I also cut down that which cumbered the spot of ground, that I might plant this tree in the stead thereof. And thou beheldest that a part thereof which brought forth good fruit, and a part thereof brought forth wild fruit. And because that I plucked not the branches thereof, and cast them into the fire, behold, they have overcome the good branch, that it hath withered away. And now, behold, notwithstanding all the care which we have taken of my vineyard, the trees thereof have become corrupted, that they bring forth no good fruit." And these have I hoped to preserve, to have laid up fruit thereof against the season unto mine own self. But behold, they have become like unto the wild olive tree, and they are of no worth but to be hewn down and cast into the fire, and it grieveth me that I should lose them. But what could I have done more in my vineyard? Have I slackened my hand that I have not nourished it? Nay, I have nourished it, and I have digged it, and I have pruned it, and I have dunged it, and I have stretched forth mine hand almost all the day long, and the end draweth nigh, and it grieveth me that I should hew down all the trees of my vineyard, and cast them into the fire, that they should be burned. Who is it that hath corrupted my vineyard? And it came to pass that the servant saith unto his master, Is it not the loftiness of thy vineyard? Hath not the branches thereof overcome the roots which are good? And because that the branches have overcome the roots thereof, behold, they grew faster than the strength of the roots thereof, taking strength unto themselves. Behold, I say, is not this the cause that the trees of thy vineyard have become corrupted? And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard saith unto the servant, Let us go to, and hew down the trees of the vineyard, and cast them into the fire, that they shall not cumber the ground of my vineyard, for I have done all. What could I have done more for my vineyard? But behold, the servant saith unto the Lord of the vineyard, Spare it a little longer. And the Lord saith, Yea, I will spare it a little longer, for it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. Wherefore let us take of the branches of these which I have planted in the nethermost parts of my vineyard, and let us graft them into the tree from whence they came. And let us pluck from the tree those branches whose fruit is most bitter, and graft in the natural branches of the tree in the stead thereof. And this will I do, that the tree may not perish, that perhaps I may preserve unto myself the roots thereof for mine own purpose." And behold, the roots of the natural branches of the tree which I planted, whithersoever I would, are yet alive. Wherefore, that I may preserve them also for mine own purpose, I will take of the branches of this tree, and I will graft them in unto them. Yea, I will graft in unto them the branches of their mother tree, that I may preserve the roots also unto mine own self, that when they shall be sufficiently strong, that perhaps they may bring forth good fruit unto me and I may yet have glory in the fruit of my vineyard. 
And it came to pass that they took from the natural tree which had become wild, and grafted in unto the natural trees which also had become wild. And they also took of the natural trees which had become wild, and grafted into their mother tree. And the Lord of the vineyard saith unto the servant, Pluck not the wild branches from the trees, save it be those which are most bitter, and in them ye shall graft, according to that which I have said. And we will nourish again the trees of the vineyard, and we will trim up the branches thereof, and we will pluck from the trees those branches which are ripened that must perish, and cast them into the fire. And this I do, that perhaps the roots thereof may take strength because of their goodness, and because of the change of the branches, that the good may overcome the evil. And because that I have preserved the natural branches and the roots thereof, and that I have grafted in the natural branches again into their mother tree, and have preserved the roots of their mother tree, that perhaps the trees of my vineyard may bring forth again good fruit." And that I may have joy again in the fruit of my vineyard, and perhaps that I may rejoice exceedingly, that I have preserved the roots and the branches of the first fruit. Wherefore go to, and call servants, that we may labor diligently with our mites in the vineyard, that we may prepare the way, that I may bring forth again the natural fruit, which natural fruit is good, and the most precious above all other fruit. Wherefore let us go to, and labor with our mites this last time. For behold, the end draweth nigh, and this is for the last time that I shall prune my vineyard. Graft in the branches, begin at the last, that they may be first, and that the first may be last, and dig about the trees, both old and young, the first and the last, and the last and the first, that all may be nourished once again for the last time. Wherefore dig about them, and prune them, and dung them once more for the last time, for the end draweth nigh. And if it so be that these last grafts shall grow, and bring forth the natural fruit, then shall ye prepare the way for them, that they may grow. And as they begin to grow, ye shall clear away the branches which bring forth bitter fruit, according to the strength of the good and the size thereof. And ye shall not clear away the bad thereof all at once, lest the roots thereof should be too strong for the graft, and the graft thereof shall perish, and I lose the trees of my vineyard. For it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. Wherefore ye shall clear away the bad, according as the good shall grow, and the root and the top may be equal in strength, until the good shall overcome the bad, and the bad be hewn down and cast into the fire, that they cumber not the ground of my vineyard, and thus will I sweep away the bad out of my vineyard. And the branches of the natural tree will I graft in again into the natural tree. And the branches of the natural tree will I graft into the natural branches of the tree. And thus will I bring them together again, that they shall bring forth the natural fruit, and they shall be one. And the bad shall be cast away, yea, even out of the land of my vineyard. For behold, only this once will I prune my vineyard. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard sent his servant, and the servant went and did as the Lord had commanded him, and brought other servants, and they were few. And the Lord of the vineyard saith unto them, Go to and labor in the vineyard with your mites, for behold, this is the last time that I shall nourish my vineyard, for the end is nigh at hand, and the season speedily cometh. And if ye labor with your mites with me, ye shall have joy in the fruit which I shall lay up unto myself against the time which will soon come. 
And it came to pass that the servants did go to it, and labor with their mites. And the Lord of the vineyard labored also with them, and they did obey the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard in all things. And there began to be the natural fruit again in the vineyard, and the natural branches began to grow and thrive exceedingly. And the wild branches began to be plucked off, and to be cast away, and they did keep the root and the top thereof equal, according to the strength thereof. And thus they labored with all diligence, according to the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard, even until the bad had been cast away out of the vineyard, and the Lord had preserved unto himself, that the trees had become again the natural fruit." And they became like unto one body, and the fruit were equal. And the Lord of the vineyard had preserved unto himself the natural fruit, which was most precious unto him from the beginning. And it came to pass that when the Lord of the vineyard saw that his fruit was good, and that his vineyard was no more corrupt, he called up his servants, and saith unto them, Behold, for this last time have we nourished my vineyard, and thou beholdest that I have done according to my will." And I have preserved the natural fruit, that it is good, even like as it was in the beginning, and blessed art thou. For because that ye have been diligent in laboring with me in my vineyard, and have kept my commandments, and have brought unto me again the natural fruit, that my vineyard is no more corrupted, and the bad is cast away, behold, ye shall have joy with me because of the fruit of my vineyard. For behold, for a long time will I lay up the fruit of my vineyard unto mine own self against the season which speedily cometh. And for the last time have I nourished my vineyard, and pruned it, and dug about it, and dunged it. Wherefore I will lay up unto mine own self of the fruit for a long time, according to that which I have spoken. And when the time cometh that evil fruit shall again come into my vineyard, then will I cause the good and the bad to be gathered." And the good will I preserve unto myself, and the bad will I cast away into its own place. And then cometh the season, and the end, and my vineyard will I cause to be burned with fire. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am me. unto your souls chapter 3 verses 4 5 and 6 are really good verses that I want to point out to point out first and we're going to read those real fast For for this intent have we written these things, that they may know that we knew of Christ, and we had a hope of his glory many hundred years before his coming. And not only we ourselves had a hope of his glory, but also all the holy prophets which were before us. 
Behold, they believed in Christ and worshiped the Father in his name, and also we worship the Father in his name. And for this intent we keep the law of Moses, it pointing our souls to him. And for their cause it is sanctified unto us for righteousness, even as it was accounted unto Abraham in the wilderness, to be obedient unto the commands of God in offering up his son Isaac, which is a similitude of God and his only begotten son. That's a, that's a mouthful, that's a lot of words, and a lot of um, precepts here. What I like about this is that in these four, with these three verses, starting at 4, 5, 4, going to 6, we get the, um, there's, you get, what am I trying to say? The, the Jewish people, of the people of Jerusalem, they, this is proof that they knew it. They got it, right? They, they understood, and the, the, the descendants you know, many, many years later now of Abraham, they, they knew what all these prophets were looking to Christ. By the time Christ came along, they had been so far off the mark. They, they, they crucified their God. But at some point, they knew this. They understood this. The prophets and, and, and the people here in America, in, in, uh, well, in the, uh, the New World, they are testifying kind of against them about, about what happened. These verses are here, and it shows an understanding. It shows why they kept the law of Moses and how it points their souls to him. It, it says that Abraham and his son Isaac is a similitude of God and his only begotten son. It, it confirms uh, so much of what we believe. And that the Book of Mormon con confirms the Old Testament. And so I like these three verses for that reason. Verse seven, wherefore we search the prophets and we have many um, revelations and the spirit of prophecy and having all these witnesses, we obtain a hope and our faith becometh unshaken in so much that we truly can command in the name of Jesus and the very trees obey us or the mountains or the waves of the sea. That verse by itself is very powerful. They had such uh, faith and such command over um, s such hope and faith that they had uh, uh, gifts of the spirit among them and revelations and prophecy and and they could truly command the trees and the mountains and the sea to, and they would obey them and I love that this shows the miracles and, and power of God was there with them and there's going to be a couple other verses that confirm this. Let's go to verse 8. And what I like about verse 8, uh, Nevertheless, the Lord God showeth us our weakness, that we may know that it is by his grace and his great condescensions unto the children of men that we have power to do these things. So they're they're saying it is, it is God that allows us to do it. It's God's power. And they show that it's his grace that he allows us to, you know, allow that he, that this happens. Um, but he showeth us our weakness. In Ether 5, verse 38, and in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 10, you get other verses about our, our weakness. And here's another one that kind of fits in there. He showeth us our weakness that we may know that it is by his grace. And it is it is God that does this all. And, and there's such a humility in that verse after the verse that just says all the things that they could do because of their faith. And they 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 rely on God. Now, verse 13, 
kind of confirms the rest of this, uh, uh, what they're teaching us here. Wherefore, if God being able to speak and the world was and to speak and man was created, oh, then why not able to command, to command the earth or the workmanship of his hands upon the face of it, according to his will and pleasure. Wherefore, brethren, seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand. So verse 14 is kind of by its, by itself is good. Um, we, we do not counsel God, but we should be humble and receive counsel from, from him. And, you know, we shouldn't presume too much of ourselves. But he kind of chastises us a little bit in, the, in verse 13. He's saying, why is this so, you know, going back to verse 7, why was I so excited about verse 7? When you heard it, why were you so excited about verse 7? Doesn't it sound just miraculous and amazing? In verse 13, he's saying, why does this sound amazing to you? Shame on you if you think that's amazing. God can do this. And so I love the progression of these scriptures. I love that you start with verse 7 and you think, wow, that is so amazing in these people. And then their humility in verse 8. And then you get to verse 13. It's like, shame on you for, for not having this among yourselves. Why don't we have this among ourselves? Why did we think verse seven was so special? And truly, we we're getting there. I think we're getting there. Uh, but these miracles and manifestations of the Spirit can be so much greater. Verse sixteen is is good by itself. Wherefore, beloved brethren, be reconciled unto Him through the atonement of Christ, His only begotten Son. So we're talking about God. Be reconciled to God through the atonement of Christ, His only begotten Son. This is the way. This is how it happens. This is the, the, the sound like the Mandalorian. This is the way. Um, verse 24 and verse 25, new, new verses to highlight. Um, there's two colors I want you to highlight. We'll start with one color. For God hath taken away his plainness from them and delivered unto them many things which they cannot understand. And then in a new color, highlight because they desired it and because they desired it and then switch back to your original color. God hath done it that they may stumble. This concept that uh, you, you, there comes a point where God isn't going to strive with man. In Romans, uh, it says he, he turns them over to a reprobate mind. And this is the same concept because you have in your, in our um, day of probation, we can choose evil. God allows that to happen. And when we choose evil, there's a consequence to it, right? He, he's reaching out to us all the day long. And as long as we, we, we stumble, but we get back up and we reach up to him again, because the desire of our heart is to God, even though we, we make mistakes, we get back up and we repent and we reach back to God and he continues to reach back to us. As long as we continue and desire to do good, the desire will work with us. But these guys in this example, they were, they were, they lost knowledge and plainness fell from them because they didn't desire it. They, they desired not to know, right? They just, this is, was their desire. And so God turned them over to it and he hath done it that they may stumble. So he gave you what you wanted. And now may, maybe it'll make you uh, humble and, and, and then desire God in his precepts and his, you know, uh, but maybe there's a purpose to it. But there's also a degree of 
you desire this thing more than me and I will give it to you. And I am going to, because of that, you're going to lose your understanding and the plainness of the, of the gospel is going to be lost to you and you're not going to understand it. And you're going to stumble because that's what you wanted. And once you start going down that path, it's very, I would think very difficult to come back. Where is your desire? Is it on, is it on Christ? Is it in God? Is it in doing good? Is it so, that's it for the first section of bumper sticker verses or, or not bumper sticker, but highlighted verses. Um, starting with verse 31, we get the prophecy of Zenos. It is, it is a long, uh, a lot of comments and notes I'm going to make here. I have a lot of verses highlighted and there are important po- points that I want to make. When you study this prophecy, I like to do it with the pencil in hand and different colors and I would, I would start off by drawing an olive tree. And at the, the roots of this olive tree, as they de- dig down into the ground, you would spell out the letter, the letter I, you know, Israel, spell out the word Israel. And then, I have to edit that out. When you edit, <laughs> when you, so you're going to spell out the word Israel with the roots. And that is what he is trying to save throughout this whole chapter or prophecy of Zenos, remember the roots are Israel. Now the branches of this, and we're going to go to verse in verse 31, it explains it, that it's a, a, it grew old, this, this olive tree and began to decay. And in verse 35, he agreed with me that I should lose this tree. So he comes up with a plan. And we're going to go to verse 36. Wherefore, go and pluck the branches from a wild olive tree. The wild olive tree is the Gentiles. So the Jewish people, Israel, they're falling away. And he wants to preserve this, this, the Israel. And so he's going to bring in some wild olive branches, some branches from a wild olive tree. Bring them hither unto me, and we will pluck off those main branches which are beginning to wither away. And we will cast them into the fire that they may be burned. These are the, the big, strong branches that are dying anyways. He's going to cut them off. They're withering away. Let's just cut them off because all they're doing is killing the tree. And we will cast them into the fire that they may be burned. And behold, the verse 37, Behold, saith the Lord of the vineyard, I take away many of these young and tender branches, and I will graft them whithersoever I will. So he's taken branches that are young and tender that have life in them, but they're still attached to this decaying old tree. And these young branches are not strong enough to bring up the, to, to nourish the roots anymore. So he's, but he doesn't want to lose those tender branches. They, they can still grow. So they're part of that original tree and he's plucking them. He's going to take them away, tender branches. He's going to graft them somewhere else. Verse 39, wherefore I will take these young and tender branches and I'll graft them whithersoever I will. Take thou the branches of the wild olive tree and graft them in, in the stead thereof. So he's, he cut off the big ones. They're gone. Now he's cutting branches that are a similar size of young, tender branches. This is my interpretation of young, tender branches that are going somewhere else. So he's bringing in other branches in, and putting them in the place thereof. But these branches are from a wild tree. This is the Gentiles and this is the early Gentile church. And they are, they are giving nourishment to the tree. 
Verse 48, And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard went his way and hid the natural branches of the tame olive tree and in in the nethermost parts of the vineyard, some in one and some in another, according to his will and pleasure. And it came to pass that a long time passed away. So these branches that were from the tame tree, uh, descendants of Israel, God placed them wherever he did. And to to me, this is the, the diaspora. This is the the dispersion of Israel throughout the world. And this started with Babylon, right? And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard, verse 52, and it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard looked and beheld the tree in the which the wild olive branches had been grafted and it had sprung forth and began to bear fruit. And he beheld that it was good and the fruit thereof was like unto the natural fruit. So this Christian church, this early Gentile church, was good. This is the time frame I'm putting it in. Is this is the early Gentile church and there was good fruit. So the diaspora already happened and now Christ has has grafted in these Gentiles and and you know in so we're going to continue. And he said unto the servant, behold the branches of the wild tree have taken hold of the moisture of the root thereof and the root thereof hath brought forth much strength and because of the much strength of the root thereof the wild branches have brought forth tame fruit. That is exactly what he wanted to have happen. The Gentiles are bringing forth the fruit of the the house of Israel and and that that it is feeding them. Verse 56, now if we had not grafted in these branches, the tree thereof would have perished. So God had a plan to save Israel and he used the Gentile people to do it. Verse 60, and he beheld the first that it had brought forth much fruit and he beheld also that it was good. Let's start with 14, 59. And it came to pass that they went forth whither the, uh, whither the master of the vineyard had hid the natural branches of the tree. And he said unto the, so he's talking about these natural branches. And he beheld the first, had brought forth much fruit, and beheld also it was good. So this first one was really good, doing great. For behold, said he, this long time have I nourished it. So long time has passed even from the Christian church. Uh, and it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, How comest thou hither to plant this tree, or this branch of this tree? For behold, it was the poorest spot in all the land of thy vineyard. So we have a, a spot of ground, and it's bringing forth a lot of good fruit, but it's a poor spot of ground. Verse 65, I have another part underlined. Behold, I have planted another branch of the tree also, and thou knowest that this spot of ground was poorer than the first. So we have two really bad spots of ground, uh, a poor and then an even more poor. And then verse 67, and it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said again unto a servant, look hither and behold another branch also, which I have planted. Behold that I have nourished it also and behold that I have nourished it also and it hath brought forth fruit. And he said unto the servant, look hither and behold the last Behold, this have I planted in a good spot of ground, and I have nourished it this long time. And only a part of the tree brought forth tame fruit, and the other part of the tree brought forth wild fruit. So highlight, underline all of that, but highlight only part of the tree brought forth tame fruit, and another part of the tree brought forth wild fruit. And when I look at that, I see we have a good spot of ground, and God said he was sending Nephi to a land that is choice above all the other land. 
Lehi and his descendants came to the Americas, the New World. It was a good spot of ground. But half of it was good, tame fruit, and half of it was wild fruit. So you got Nephites and Lamanites in this section. To me, this is perfectly identified here. Verse 69, And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Pluck off the branches that have not brought forth good fruit, and cast them into the fire. But behold, the servant said unto him, Let us prune it, and dig about it, and nourish it a little longer, that perhaps it may bring forth good fruit unto thee, that thou canst lay it up against the season. So he was going to cut off you know, those branches, the, the Lamanites. He was going to, the plan was, let's get rid of them. You know, they're not bringing forth good fruit. Verse 72, and it came to pass that a long time had passed away. In my mind, I look at that time and I'm thinking of the apostasy. It happens somewhere in here. And I'm looking at 72 for that verse. Verse 77, but behold, the time, but behold, this time it hath brought forth much fruit and there is none of it, which is good. And behold, there are all kinds of bad fruit and it profiteth me nothing, notwithstanding all our labor. And now it grieveth me that I should lose this tree. So he's talking now about the, the, the original tree and all of the fruit that's on this tree is bad of this original, the one that has Israel as its roots. There's no good fruit anywhere on it. And so that's why I think this is the apostasy era. There's nothing good anywhere out, out there for, 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 as far as fruit. Verse 80, And the servant said unto the master, Behold, because thou didst graft in the branches of the wild olive tree, they have nourished the roots, that they are alive, and they have not perished. Wherefore thou beholdest that they are yet good. So they're still good in the roots. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto his servant, The tree profiteth me nothing, and the roots thereof profiteth me nothing, so long as it shall bring forth evil fruit. Nevertheless, I know that the roots are good. And for mine own, and what did I tell you the root spells out? The roots are Israel. And for mine own purpose, I have preserved them. And because of their much strength, they have hitherto brought forth from the wild branches good fruit. He still wants to preserve those roots. Verse 87, And it came to pass that they beheld that the fruit of the natural branches had become corrupt also. Yea, the first and the second and also the last they had all become corrupt. He's talking about those three tender branches that he planted in three, a poor spot of ground, a poorer spot of ground, and a good spot of ground. But now even that fruit had all become corrupt. We're talking about the the descendants of the Lamanites. We know that part, but there's two other poor and poorer spots of ground. Verse 88, and the wild fruit of the last had overcome that part of the tree which hath brought forth good fruit, even that the branch had withered away and died. And he just described the Lamanites overcoming the Nephites right there in verse 88. Now it's going to come to verse 104. Who is it that has corrupted my vineyard? And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, so also I haven't described this yet. The master is God. The servant is Christ. And it came to pass that the servant said unto his master, Is it not the loftiness of thy vineyard? Have not the branches thereof overcome the roots which are good? And because the branches have overcome the roots thereof, behold, they grew faster than the strength of the roots, taking strength unto themselves. That's a very human, human characteristic there, right? 
the 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 plight of man. The natural man is an enemy to God. When it's sort of the Tower of Babel, they grew strong unto their own accomplishments, and man just the branches and the and as and mankind are, are are in similitude there. That they're similar. The the uh, metaphor works. Verse one hundred twelve. Wherefore let us take of the branches of these which I have planted in the nethermost parts of my vineyard. And let us graft them into the tree from whence they came. And let us pluck from the tree those branches whose fruit is most bitter and graft in the natural branches of the tree in the stead thereof. So now we get this point where he's going through and he's cutting off the evil of, of the, the world, I guess. They're going to be slowly trimmed. And he's going to take off the, the, the fruits of the, of the original tree with Israel as the roots, he's going to cut off some branches and he's going to bring back those natural branches. Even though they're all giving bad fruit, he's going to take those natural branches back into the roots and he's going to try to save the tree. Uh, verse 114. And this will I do that the tree may not perish, that perhaps I may preserve unto myself the roots thereof for mine own purpose. Verse 115, 116, and half of 117 are all highlighted here. And behold, the roots of the natural branches of the tree which I planted whithersoever I would are yet alive. Wherefore, that I may preserve them also for mine own purpose, I will take of the branches of this tree and I will graft them in unto them. Yea, I will graft in unto them the branches of their mother tree that I may preserve the roots also. So it's very interesting. I will graft into, so he's bringing this from the mother tree to these, these parts that are separated. They're all gaining something new. These branches that were planted in three different parts of the, of the world uh, of the, the vineyard. He is bringing something new to those three parts. That's important to me. That's important. That's indicative of something changing there. And what went out to those places? And I'm, 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 I'm uh, my uh, interpretation of this is the, the gospel went to those places. The Book of Mormon went to those places. Let's turn to, let's look at verse 119. And they also took of the natural trees, which had become wild and grafted into their mother tree. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Pluck not the wild branches from the trees, save it be those which are most bitter, and in them ye shall graft according to that which I have said. So there's a plan, and God, and there God gave commandments. And he's taking the soap. Let's refocus here. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Pluck not the wild branches from the trees, save it be those which are most bitter. And when, and recently I was in my studies and, and it's pointed out to me that when Christ came, he, um, part, part of his process when he came to America is he cut off the, only the more righteous were saved. So the more unrighteous were the ones who were purged. Okay. And so, so we have that theme, but how do we fit that in, in history? And I think the, the part that I, that I like about this is that, uh, the, those that are humble, those who are, so it's not going to be everybody, but the humble followers of Christ, wherever they're at, wherever you've been planted, he's not going to let the, he's going to purge the evil around you, I guess. And he's going to protect you. Those things that he planted, he's not going to let them become overwhelmed. 
Let's look at verse 123. And because that I have preserved the natural branches and the roots thereof, and that I have grafted in the natural branches again into their mother tree and have preserved the roots of their mother tree, that perhaps the trees of my vineyard may bring forth again good fruit. Now let's go. And what I really like is, is uh, let's see, in verse 125. So this whole section here is kind of... It's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know exactly where it happens, but I pointed out that the these branches that are somewhere else, they are being given something. But at the same time, we know in the rest of this prophecy, they're also going to be grafted back into the mother tree. But there happens something at verse 125. Wherefore, go to and call servants that we may labor diligently with our mites in the vineyard, that we may prepare the way that I may bring forth again the natural fruit, which natural fruit is good and the most precious above all other fruit. If he's going to call servants, Christ is going to call servants. These are the ministry. This is the the gospel gospel, uh, and and the authority and the restoration of the church to me in the latter days. So this is 1830 now. This is happening. uh, So I've got 1830 and a dash going right to verse 125. I have other thoughts about the gospel going to, you know, maybe around 119 and 120. And I like verse 115 through 117 that there's they're going to be receiving something. But we know that the servants were called in 1830 and in verse 125. So let's look at 126. Wherefore, let us go to and labor with our mites this last time. For behold, the end draweth nigh. And this is for the last time that I shall prune my vineyard. This is the last days, right? This is, and it started in 1830. This is the last movement or, 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 or uh, action. We're, we're, we're moving on into a different era. And it starts in verse 127, very important, 127. Graft in the branches, begin at the last that they may be first, then that the first may be last, and dig about the trees, both old and young, the first and the last, and the last and the first, that all may be nourished once again for the last time. Starting at the last, we're going to that, the last one was the one that was the good ground. If the diaspora started earlier, you know, with Babylon times and they were spread out everywhere. Those went to poor and poorer spots around this last one in, in that we identified as the Americas was the good spot of ground. And he says, that's where we're going to start first. We know that started in 1950. So from verse 125 to verse 127, we jumped 120 years, right? 1950s ish or when 1948 when Israel became a nation that that's kind of there's a whole series of the Gentiles time of the Gentiles being fulfilled a lot of that big study there we could go into but I'm looking at when he began to um, graft in that church the the, uh, when was there a church in Mexico it was in the 1950s that's where I'm pointing to that time and so he grafted in that church they were there were baptized members there uh, let's go to verse 130. And as they begin to grow, ye shall clear away the branches which bring forth bitter fruit, according to the strength of the good and the size thereof. And ye shall not clear away the bad thereof all at once, lest the roots thereof should be too strong for the graft, and the graft thereof shall perish. And I lose the trees of my vineyard. So he's going to work with us slowly. He's not going to let the evil overcome us. And he understands we're not there yet, right? 
He's working with us to give us the strength of his spirit and his guidance. And we're from the 1950s moving on. The church is, to me, a change happened in the church of Christ. In our modern history from the 1950s on, a change has shifted in, in and he started, and we're in the, that time period, I think still, where we're purging away the evil a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. And if you look at your church history back in 1920s, I think is a is a good example of that, where we started purging away even before the 1920s. But we started purging away all the stuff that crept into our church. It was according to God's plan. When we look at our church and say it's not a perfect church, well, duh. And God knew it wasn't a perfect church and he has a plan for it. And all of it fits in this prophecy. He is purging away a little bit at a time so that it doesn't overwhelm us. Um, and so that, and we can grow. Let's look at verse 132. For it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. Wherefore, ye shall clear away the bad according as the good shall grow, that the root and the top may be equal in strength until the good shall overcome the bad and the bad be hewn down and cast that they cumber not the ground of my vineyard. And thus will I sweep away the bad out of my vineyard. He's purging and cleaning his church. And the branches of the natural tree will I graft in again into the natural tree. So we're talking about those three that were transplanted. And the branches of the natural tree will I graft into the natural branches of the tree. And thus will I bring them together again, that they shall bring forth the natural fruit and they shall be one. So there's less distinction now, I think, in 132 to 134 between Jew and Gentile, bond and free. They're all one in Israel's promise. I like that distinction too. They're all going to be one, the, whether they're the Gentiles or the Israel or Israel. And so when I always point out bumper sticker verses, the bumper sticker for this chapter is verse 137. And it's not the whole thing, but the second half of it, uh, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto them, and here's the bumper sticker, go to and labor in the vineyard with your mites. You know, that's what we're all called to do. And then, um, for behold, this is the last time that I shall nourish my vineyard. We're talking about the, the last days of the world. The vineyard is the world. The end is nigh at hand and the spe season speedily cometh. The season is, is final judgment. So the plan and the execution of the plan is taking, was, was laid out. So the plan was laid out from, let's see, verse 120 to verse 135. That was the plan. Now the execution of the plan starts now and verse 140. And it came to pass that the servants did go. So now that here's everything going to happen. We had the plan all laid out. Now here's how it's happening. And the, the verse 140 and the Lord of the vineyard labored also with them. And they did obey the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard in all things. And there began to be the natural fruit again in the vineyard. And the natural branches began to grow and thrive exceedingly. And the wild branches began to be plucked off and to be cast away. And did, they did keep the root and the top thereof equal according to the strength thereof. And thus they labored with all diligence according to the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard, even until the bad had been cast away out of the vineyard. And the Lord had preserved unto himself that the trees had become again the natural fruit. And they became like unto one body. And the fruit were equal. And the Lord of the vineyard had preserved unto to himself the natural fruit, which was most precious unto him from the beginning. Now, 
when I look at that plan being executed and it says the Lord of the vineyard is with them, I, I wonder, I hypothesize that that might be the return of Christ to some extent, at least. And let's look at verse 151 to 153. And when the time cometh that evil fruit shall again come into my vineyard, then will I cause the good and the bad to be gathered. So now we're talking judgment time. And the good will I preserve unto myself, and the bad will I cast away into its own place. And then cometh the season and the end, and my vineyard will I cause to be burned with fire. So before 151, we have to have that, that millennial reign of, with Christ. And I see verse 148 says, For a long time will I lay up the fruit of my vineyard. There's other points, and we can dissect it more. One of the things I want to present as evidence here for the Church of Christ is there were three places that he planted fruit or three different uh, branches that were out there in the world. We knew where one of them was. And that was the Nephites and Lamanites in America. Then there were two others and poor spot of ground and a poorer spot of ground. And, you know, in 1950, we went to Mexico In 2000, we went to uh, East Africa. And then shortly thereafter, 2005, I think we went to the Philippines Man, that's three places of ground. That's three branches that have come come in. And it, it could very well be that this is completely fulfilled. And now the next thing to have happen is that the Lord of the Vineyard comes back. This, this prophecy could be more fulfilled than I had thought before. Um, so just... Dwell on that, I guess. Think on that. Pray on that. Find out just how close where we're at in the in the in, in the timetable of this. But it sure looks like we have already had three plantings, three different graftings back in, and the next thing that happens is the Lord of the Vineyard labors with them, and we start trimming the evil out of the branches and letting them grow together, just like He has, and. The, the the branches, I don't think there's any more transplanting going going to happen. I think that's done. There's no more places for us to go out and bring people in. I think that's done. I think that the attitude of we have to take the gospel to all the world, you know, I think that's done. I think the next thing that happens is we have to trim the evil out of the world and Christ is going to do that with us. So consider those thoughts. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy.